episode five of Staff Chat. Uh, we're glad you're tuned in today. Um, around the table is our normal squad of Katie, Amanda, Hunter, Steve, and myself, Daniel. And we are in chapters nine and ten, and boy, are they good ones. Yeah, the uh, we were going to record this last week, and we sat down, and we just decided we weren't in the mood for it. So, well, Amanda uh, wasn't here, and we knew she had a lot had a lot to add. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so like Daniel said, we are uh, in chapters nine and ten. Um, these two chapters were on. I'm having to flip back. They were on mostly dis- discernment. How do I benefit from the Bible? Um, so. One thing that I was thinking of, and I'm just going to say this, and I'll let, I'll let y'all jump in here with the fun stuff, because the chapter 9 was talking about uh, sex before marriage and a uh, year of living biblically, and I think it talked about circumcision and some really fun topics, <laughs> but I think the... Let's talk about that in detail. Yeah, we will. We okay. will. I'll, I'll let you lead that. Right. But what one thing that came back to me, and I got this from another book that I've been reading, um... I can't remember the name of it. You read more than one book at a time? Well, I listen to them sometimes. But um, is that the Bible is more of a book of wisdom than it is a rule book. And I think that that's kind of what Scott McKnight is getting at in this chapter is that... With lots of words. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, super wordy. Is saying like the Bible teaches us to, this is what was going on in their time, and this is how God was telling them to discern what his will was. And so instead of us taking these rules literally, it's teaching us wisdom to know how to discern what God wants for us. And I think really that can be the best way to sum up these two chapters. But what do, what do y'all think? So I highlighted, it's on 127, he's talking about all these different rules, and he's uh, specifically referenced in Leviticus. But on 127 he says, either we are completely wrong in our dismissal of these commands, yes. or... We have some category in our Christian minds that help us know what to apply to our lives and what not to apply. And then later, I think it's in 10, or it's the end of 9 or 10, he, he keeps bringing this up that God spoke to Moses in Moses' yeah. days and Moses' yeah. ways. And Dave, you know, he keeps bringing that up. And it just, it's one of those things that's like, you've got to be careful there because there's certain things you're like, yeah, we're just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But is that something that, you know, God is specifically telling us we should do yeah but like the wearing clothes woven of two different types of material like i don't think that's going to keep me out of heaven right you know and at the end of the day like the i'm kind of a nerd for farming and uh one of the things is you get every piece of crop you can in a machine so that you can market that product yeah because that's how you make money which is ultimately should be how you tithe, how you can give back to people. And if you're leaving crop in the field, like no one is driving around fields today picking up leftover crops. But and you could. And if you came to my house, because I'm actually a Christian, so I'm oh, not. Oh, here we go. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I have left um, my okra, and I've been waiting for someone to come pick it because it's about to fall over. It's so loaded with okra right now. I'm actually following the Levitical law of mm. leaving my harvest in the land and so if mm. anybody needs any okra just come well i'm just saying that hoodie you're wearing is a polyester blend so <laughs> you're actually not mm-hmm. no, well, i was looking over this cotton. list right here i don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think you're following just these oh, I, I i really liked uh page 127 too daniel one thing i underlined on that was uh just above what, what you had quoted 
It says, while God's holiness doesn't change, his will right. for his people does. Mm-hmm. That was good. Amanda, what, yeah. what, what That's you exactly what I was just fixing to say. See, I underlined the sentence below that that says, how do we know which of these commandments change and which ones don't? Mm-hmm. How do we choose who gets to choose? Mm-hmm. See, and I, I, I think that goes back to kind of why we, we need to look at it as a book of wisdom. Like it's teaching us how to be wise. And for those of yeah. you that are not reading the book and have no idea what we're talking about right now, he pulls some things out of the book Leviticus that were commands laws that were given some of which we keep the majority of which we don't keep and who determined that we don't do that like leaving some of your crops in the field don't uh, uh, you know plant uh, do not plant your field with two kinds of seed do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of materials do not eat any meat with blood in it. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. I think that is where we get No Shave November from. Mm. Um, <laughs> Leviticus also says, do not put tattoo marks on yourselves. Uh, I am the Lord your God. And so uh, all you around the table that have tattoos, you sinners, uh, it's in the Bible that you should not have them. And the fact that we're not standing right now in the presence, in the presence of the aged. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, Amanda. Wow. Stand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Katie, you look like you had something to say a second ago. It's just funny that, you know, now we can read these and we laugh at them because right. they sound so ridiculous. But then, to them, they were, you know... But what does a what does a new person of faith do with this kind of stuff? Because they don't know, you know. And and I think his point is here that as Christians, we can kind of discern based on the culture that we live in. You know, he's he's spoken David ways and David days. Now, you know, so who decides? How is it decided that those things are not for us in our culture and the generation that we live in today? Um, and, and that's tricky. And especially, I mean, if you're talking to someone that's new in the faith, this is really hard to explain. Well, I'm not trying to sound super religious or anything, but let me just say that in the book of Leviticus, it talks about smack dab in the middle of the chapter is a chiasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> that says, love your neighbor as yourself. So right in the middle of Leviticus, so all around all these rules, yep. right in the middle says, love your neighbor as yourself. Wait, and I thought that was kind of a neat. What page? 128? 128. Yeah, the very I was top. like, oh, I recognize yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> who said that? I don't even remember. Moses? <laughs> In the New Testament. We're the New Testament church. Love the Lord your God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The Son of God said that. Okay. That's good. I, I, that good. I, I, I guess I forgot to underline that part, but that's So great. since we're on 128, what about sex before marriage? <laughs> well, he makes it sound like it's okay. And I'm like, I wish I would have read this book before I got married. <laughs> he does not make it sound like it's okay. <laughs> well, it kind of makes you wonder when you start reading it. Does. Well, just flat like, out. You know, he's, he's, he says the one, one thing that was really interesting uh, right there on 128, uh, he says, Exodus comes at this, at this issue from a specific angle. It's the angle of the disgruntled father of, of a girl. 
And um, that's an interesting angle for the Exodus book to take because now that doesn't even come into that doesn't even begin to play. Like well, that, that isn't even what anybody thinks about because we're in such a different culture. Well, if I had a daughter, I would be a disgruntled father if that was the case. So don't don't y'all don't say anything. I'm gonna have to cut out. That is super annoying. So <laughs> just because you don't agree with me, does that mean you edit me out of? You obviously did. Just once. In a couple before. <laughs> well, he he goes on to talk about you know some of the. Like the four options we see emerging in the, like today's generation, uh, it's on one twenty nine. Remain celibate uh, for one to two decades for the most sexually intense time of your life, which is funny because on the page before he goes to make this point abundantly clear to university students in whom hormones are pounding into one another, <laughs> and I, I just made me laugh. Yeah, but he goes on to talk about these four types of of like what we're doing. So it's just like basically remain celibate, don't do anything. Uh, marry at a much earlier age just so you can have sex. Stay away from church and everything and do what you want to do until you have kids and come back or just kind of keep it private. And I'm like, I think even, yeah, uh, I got to tread lightly. I think in the church today, we yes. see all four of these. Yeah. Because there's one group of... I think we see four more than anything. Yeah. yeah. And, but... You know, I just, I grew up with a group of, of friends and what, and our philosophy was like a group of dudes, it was like, hey, no sex till marriage, and then when you do get married, grab a case of Gatorade and make up for lost time. Like, that was kind of ours, <laughs> just our running joke, and I think that's okay to say. Yeah, it's fine. I won't take it out, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I tell <laughs> high school students that, but it's just, like, as I got into college, I got older and got to visit in, and now that I look and see, it's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of people on that track these days. But the, so. but the thing about it is, that, and, uh, you know, the point, well, what he's trying to do here is to get you thinking about some things that you may not have thought about before. Matter of fact, one of the notes in this chapter I made out, beside, I've never thought too much about this, you know, and the... <laughs> I, I think the point is he wants you to start thinking differently but when you roll over to the New Testament and Jesus starts his teaching and he starts this teaching you know teaching uh, love God love others and you know yourself last we talked about that Sunday morning in the message when you do that and you do that in a way that basically the Bible instructs us to do that, all these other things are going to take care of themselves. Well, the, the modesty, the wanting to present yourself in a way that represents your Father, your Heavenly Father, you know, um, living your life in a way that points people to Him. A lot of, if you get that right, all these other things are going to take care of themselves. You're going to respect women or who God made them to be. You're going to respect the sanctity of marriage. You're going to want to dress modestly. You you know, you're you're not want you're not going to want to be a stumbling block to, to others. And so, you know, the, the main point of all this is the overall theme of the Bible is not Leviticus. The overall theme of the Bible is love God, love others, make disciples. Yeah. And so um, yeah, I don't know. No, that's good. That's good. And I, I agree with that. And I think, it, I think it speaks to like, well, okay, when we read the Bible, 
um, and we get that main message, love God, love others, uh, what are the ways right now that we are discerning on how to do that the best? Um, which chapter 10 really, uh, not to skip over all the fun stuff in chapter 9, <laughs> but uh, chapter 10 really focuses mostly on, on discernment um, and how we do that together as the church. Like how are we tackling these issues, like these current cultural issues and things like that as the, <clears throat> together as the church? Um, one thing, like uh, the, I think this sums up the whole chapter right there on the first page, 139. We discern through God's Spirit and in the context of our community of faith or the great tradition a pattern of how to live in our world. And uh, he goes on. You'll be impressed on you the exact same, same spot. Yeah. Exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes on on the next page to talk about uh, what happens when we disagree. Like, okay, like this was a good, good point that you made, Dad, a second ago was who decides that and, and like what happens when we disagree on things. Um, and one thing that I, I, I underlined was when he said, seeking unanimity on all things is unwise. And I wrote over here, unity, being together, does not mean that we all agree on everything. Um, and when he makes a statement here, very short sentence, discernment can be very messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it can be offensive, and it can be defensive, and it, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a tough, tough line to negotiate. Well, and just how many people do you know in your life right now that are are on the side of the fence that the Bible says it, that's how I'm going to live. Right. You know, regardless of where it's at in the text, if it says it, that, that that's how I'm going to live. And it's right. like, which is impossible to do. Right. right. And it yeah. talks in chapter nine, it talks about yeah. the guy that tries to do that. And the one where it's like kill magicians. And it's like, ah, we can't really do that. <laughs> but it's just, you know, how do you discern, but instead do it in a loving way where it's like, Hey, this is kind of what I've discerned from this passage you know, what do you think, but we still be united at the end of it. Because there's times where you can say, hey, let's have this open conversation, and someone will go, well, they think different than me, I'm leaving. And I yeah. guess to some extent, right. you're just like, well, I can't really fix that. Josh you know? and I had a discussion Sunday night, and he's like, you know, prove, trying to prove you're right does not, you know, isn't the message that we want to give. Mm-hmm. You know, right. because you're not going... When you're constantly arguing your case on Facebook, or you're just constantly trying to pound into someone, mm-hmm. you know that you're right about something, regardless of what it could be, whether it's a simple issue in the church, that's not going to do anything but cause dissension, right. you know. And so, that's I think that's really important is that especially <clears throat> you know just live your Christian life, walk mm-hmm. your faith, you know, mm-hmm. and. Yes, if you're asked, you know, opinions about your beliefs and things like that, then yes, you know, share the message, share the gospel, that kind of thing. But trying to force, you know, screaming all the time, you know, your political beliefs or your, you know, religious beliefs, that all that does is turn somebody away. Well, and, and the thing of it is, I read this somewhere last night. I don't even know where I read it. But we're trying to use the exact same tools that the world is trying to use to get their message across. And that is never effective, Mm -hmm. but yet that is what we've turned to. We've got people in the church today that have turned to social media. They've turned to holding a sign on a street corner. They've turned to trying to be the loudest voice in the room. They've turned to all these things that the world is trying to impose on us to, to get our point across, and that was never meant for it to be the way that it's supposed to be. 
our response to that is love them. Mm-hmm. Love them into the kingdom. You know, it, it, it's not who can be the loudest or who can be the, you know, most right or whatever. You know, the only way I'm going to impact a life is not by standing on a street corner holding a sign yelling and screaming at cars as they go by. It's coming into relationship, showing people the love of Jesus. And that is when you are effective in leading someone to Jesus. You know, it's not through all these other means that we've seemed to think in the day and age that we live in we have to use because the world's using it. You know, mm. that we got to get louder than them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus wasn't a... Jesus went and hung out with the sinners and then met them where they were and mm. kind of led them from there. You yeah. know, it wasn't like, hey, you need to come up to my level. Like, he went to them, and I think that's something we've got to keep in mind, too. Mm. Sermon. I underlined this, talking about that. Paul wants Christians not to be disruptive in society. Mm. Hmm. That's that's good. What much of that do we see right now? Well, yeah. and that's pretty. You think about the person of Paul, like he was doing. Like the Christians were disrupting his society when he was Saul, and he wanted to put an end to it. Mm-hmm. And he has this encounter with you. Like that's pretty. That's a mm-hmm. pretty powerful thing coming from from Paul. And, and you know, McKnight even states here, it would have been much, on page 142, kind of toward the bottom, he says it would have been much easier for God to give us, given us rules and regulations mm-hmm. that we could check off. What page? God, bottom of 142. He says, but God in his wisdom has chosen not to do that. Discernment is an element of what it means to walk by faith. Mm-hmm. That is very good because someone with my sort of personality hey, God, give me the check boxes mm-hmm. so I can know exactly. But then I'm not learning the discernment. Right. And, how, right. You know, and so. I think we have such a responsibility to, you know, we just want to take the easy way out and just have someone tell us what to do. Yeah. When in reality we need to tap in and discern, mm-hmm. at, you know, with community. Especially. Well, think about like the, like kind of the core values of, of, our, of our church is that God loves us enough that he says, hey, you can choose. I, I, I have this kind of path that I think is the best, but that's up to you. You can choose it or not. I tell students that all the time. I, Man, Jesus' way is the best because you were created on purpose for a purpose, and it's to bring glory and honor to him. So he's wired you the way you are for a reason, um, and you can choose to step into that or not. That's up to you. And that's so awesome about this is that, you know, hey, you can choose. You know, it's that whole free will deal. Like, it's it's up to you. You know, it's, I love that. Hmm. Well, and talking about Paul over on 152, uh, where he's talking about the Apostle Paul saying that, you know, being all things to all people, you know, his mission and, and our mission has not changed. Make disciples, love God, love others. And Paul, down toward the bottom of 152, he's talking about his gospel mission. His mission shaped everything he did. His gospel was the same, but his circumstances shaped how he went about his business of spreading the gospel. I love that. I have that too. Yeah. I do too. I love yeah. that cause that chameleon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. that, you know, that could be taken negatively, but not in Paul's case. Right. So cool. And, you know, uh, adapting. Uh, I underlined the 
Adapted above that. Sorry. Oh, you did. Yeah. Where he Paul. talks about oh, Paul yeah. adopted and adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you think you think about a church like ours that is multi generational. Like we've got boomers, millennials, Gen Xers, like all under one roof on a Sunday morning. And even if from a socioeconomic standpoint, sure, a lot of different folks. I mean, we've got people that. I, you know, if I had their money, I'd burn mine. And then we've got other people that are just struggling month to month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got people with multiple vehicles and some of us that just drive the same one every day. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Some but, folks that live in big fancy houses some folks that live in a barn. You know that's right. <laughs> For now, anyways. Um, but it is cool that there's a lot of... Uh, I think on the outside looking in, there's some congregations that are just one demographic and so for them to like preach the message like they just kind of target one thing and go for it whereas for us you know we've got to cater to a myriad a word from this book um of different generations now the message is still the same but how do you get a a boomer and a millennial to to come to the same conclusion and think the same things. Well, what you say to a millennial, if you said that to a boomer, they would they'd blow you off in the first couple of words that came out of your mouth. Whereas, <laughs> you know, with the the older generation, you've got to. I don't know. It's just it's a fine line to walk. I guess yeah. is what I'm trying. Well, and to that's say. that's what he says on the very last page, like the very last sentence of this chapter. He said, "I've learned that reading the Bible with tradition encourages each generation to think for itself by returning to the Bible." So when we, when we read the Bible as learning discernment, learning wisdom, every generation returns and says, what's, our, what's, the, what's the issues, what's the culture we're facing right now, and how do we, how do we discern uh, God in that? And that's, that? and that's a good conversation to have. And I think from our denominational standpoint, that's a conversation we have every four years at General Assembly. We look at the times, we look at the culture, we look at you know, what's going on in the culture, and we will shape our beliefs and even our doctrine, you know, to to address that. And it reminds me, and he, he alludes to this, you know, this is nothing new. This was going on in the book of Acts, you know, where the church began. They they brought all the leaders of the church together because there was this great debate over, you know, whether people had to be circumcised or not to become a follower of Christ. You know, and, and they, they're bringing in all the leaders from all across the region, and they're having this debate, they're having this discussion. James, the brother of Jesus, stands up, who is very well respected, you know, in this environment and in this arena. He was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And he, you know, he basically gets up and says, Listen, y'all, we're missing the point. We should not make it difficult for someone mm-hmm. to come to know Christ. We should not make it difficult, you know, and, and that's what we tend to do. And I, I preached on that a little bit Sunday morning that, you know, we feel like if we can make it complicated enough, then we can justify how good we are. And, you know, the thing is, is we have got to uncomplicate it and get, stick to the basics, make disciples, love God, love others. I really liked completely kind of changing the subject back to what Daniel was talking about, about the different generations when we did feed the need. Oh yeah, that was super cool. That was so awesome because you had some of the older people and some of the teenagers next to each other Mm -hmm. and they, I mean like, and I've seen them just talking and Mm -hmm. having, you know, having a relationship now. And it's just... 
like we were doing the packing pack party. Shack yeah. Thing. Oh, pack shack, not the pack shack. Feeding needs coming up. Feeding needs coming up. Sorry, I'm sorry. We need to promote. Pack shack, that's what I meant. This episode of Staff Chat is brought to you by Feed the Need. Sorry. But it was cool how the older generation and the youngers are standing there dancing to YMCA. Yes, and then a few minutes later, they're dancing to Bruno Mars. Yeah. Well, it was just. It was just such a neat experience seeing them interact and and um, I don't know I just I love that and we need to create more environments like yes that. I agree you know, whatever that looks like um, I've been trying to get y'all to do that forever oh I mean <laughs> yeah well that feels like a good place to end it then <laughs> yep. anybody else have final thoughts we're running up on the thirty minute mark glad this one was over yeah yeah <laughs> I don't remember. I'm, I'm going to have to look. Uh, the chapters we read next, I think, are the next two. Um, so that's going to be chapters 11 and 12. Yes, yeah, let's do 11 and 12. Um, and I'll double-check that with the schedule and correct it. If, if you sure you right. don't want to get into more detail about circumcision? I'm positive, yeah. Okay. It's, right. it's something we don't necessarily have to discern like Paul had to discern in his time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, so we'll wrap it up. Chapters 11 and 12 will be next week. Uh, I think it's about 30-something pages, and we'll be good to go. It's officially over. Katie turned her book light off. (laughs) 